Hello, chefs. You're listening to Chef's PSA Podcast. I'm your host, Andre Natera. On today's episode, we're going to talk about AI and how I wrote a recipe book using OpenAI's new chat GPT. So stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. So first, let's start with an update. I think the the biggest thing that I would like to update everyone with is that the Culinary Leadership Fundamentals audiobook is out. You can find it on Audible. I've linked to it uh, in my link tree and most of my social profiles. If you're an audiobook listener, this one's good. I, I, I really like it. I use the same narrator that I used in the first Chef's PSA book, uh, Gabriel Corrette. I like his voice. So I wanted to make sure that there was continuation for the audiobooks, and we actually have already started the next audiobook, the Line Cook Survival Manual. So that is being worked on. I don't want to promise that it'll be done in two weeks or anything like that, um, just because this one took so long to get done. So rest assured that it's being worked on, and it will be released in the next couple of months. So hopefully this month, but if not, in the next couple. So anyway, so let's talk about this OpenAI recipe book that I wrote. So I'll, I'll tell you how the whole thing got started. And I want to share with you the story on you know where I came up with the idea, why I think it's important, and where I think this is all going, and some things that I learned throughout the process. So I did a, a video on social that was about chefs stealing recipes. And uh, it, it went a little bit viral. And it's funny because I think a lot of people misunderstood my point in the video because everyone said, oh, you're, you're calling us you know, thieves and this, that, and the other. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm not calling you thieves. This was the point of that video just because I want to address it. The point is, is that there's a big difference between being inspired, copying, learning. That's one thing. And that's understandable. And that is needed for cooks to learn, for us to share ideas, for us to move the industry forward. Those things are needed, and that's not stealing a recipe. What I mean by stealing a recipe is when a chef or a cook goes and picks up a cookbook and of a famous chef, and they copy that exact recipe, and they put it in their restaurant, and they say they created it. There was a, a story, I want to say a, a restaurant in Australia at one point copied a linea exactly, like right out of the cookbook, recipe for recipe. And I think they even called themselves the linea as well. Um, but that to me is stealing. When you deliberately copy something that another chef created and say, you created it. If I started serving oysters and pearls and I said, I invented it, that would make me a liar and a thief. That was the point I was trying to make in that video is 
a lot of chefs, it's not so bad anymore because, you know, obviously social media kind of polices itself. You could see where something came from and you could kind of trace it back. But in the old days when I was coming up, it was much easier to pick up a cookbook or go eat in a restaurant in another city and then come back and inspired, you know, I'm using air quotes, inspired and put that dish on your menu and say you invented it. There was a point where I would put something on my menu and then it would pop up on someone else's menu and and they would get credit for it. And I, it, it was a frustrating thing because it would be an original dish that I had come up with and someone else would receive credit for it. Now, and I know people are like, oh, imitation is the best form of flattery. It's like, sure, except for when it hurts your business, right? So that's that's a little bit different. Or when, when someone else gets written about in the paper for a, a dish that you created and you're trying to scratch to keep your restaurant afloat. That's a different story. And so the point that I was trying to make in that video is yes, we all borrow recipes. Yes, we all get inspired and that is needed. That moves the industry forward, but do not take a dish that you didn't create and claim that you did because sometimes it could hurt the person who did create it. And it could also potentially hurt you if you're lying and you're saying that you created the dish and it comes out later that you didn't create the dish. It could hurt your reputation. So that's what I was trying to say. That was the point. But um, I think it got lost on a lot of uh, smooth brains out there. So sorry. Sorry, sorry, guys. I don't mean to call you smooth brains, but you got to get those wrinkly brains. That makes you smart. Anyway, so what does this have to do with the open AI? So I wanted to give back to the industry. So if you've been following the show, you understand that I'm passionate about giving back. And this video really caused me to think about, well, how can I give back? And I was cleaning, you know, files up and I came across all these recipes that I've carried with me throughout my career. Now, if you don't know, if you haven't been listening to the show, I'm no longer a chef. I've retired from being a chef. Chef's PSA and other things are my full-time job. So I have no need for these recipes. Everything that I do, this podcast, the books that I've written, the video course, everything is designed with one thing in mind, is, and that is to pass on any knowledge that I've accumulated um, throughout my career. Any success that I've been able to achieve, I'm going to show you how I did it. I'm, I'm, I'm a no secrets kind of person, so um, anything that I've done to be successful, I will share with you. I'm an open book when it comes to any best practices, uh, you know, mistakes that I've made, the failures that I've had, things that I've learned. If, if anything, the whole point is to give you a roadmap and maybe a shortcut so you don't make the same mistakes I made. And that will hopefully help you go from cook to chef or chef to executive chef or restaurateur, whatever the case may be. My goal is that I could help you and give you a shortcut to get there. So that that's the whole point that I'm, that I'm trying to do. So if I have all these recipes and I don't have a restaurant, there's no point in me holding on to them. I should share them. That's, that's really the main thing is if I want to stand behind what I really believe in, then I need to share these recipes. I have no point in them. I'm not, I'm not profiting from them. I'm, I don't plan on writing a cookbook or anything like that. And I've deliberately tried to stay away from writing cookbooks for a very specific reason. Maybe I'll share that in another episode. So I thought to myself, I'll share these recipes. So I said, well, I think I did a poll on, on Instagram. I said, you know, I have all these recipes. Do you want them? And I think only one person said no and, you know, several thousand people said yes. So I said, okay, there, there's a sign. I'll start writing these 100 recipes. But in typical fashion, sometimes, sometimes I'm ambitious and I say yes to things before I've fully thought them through. And so now I've said yes, that I'm going to write these recipes down and share them. And as I started writing them, I'm like, 
fuck, this is going to take a lot longer than I thought. So I had to, I had to think, how can I, how can I do this faster? And I, I've been on social media and I've been seeing these videos with chat AI and open, I'm sorry, open AI and chat GPT. I was like, well, I wonder what AI can do with recipe writing. So I said, well, let's find out. So I created an account, went in and started experimenting with it. Write me a recipe for this, write me a recipe for that. And after a couple of minutes, I was blown away with how good the app was at just populating information for me. So I was like, okay, let's continue with this recipe book, uh, the 100 recipes that I wrote, but let's use the help of AI with it. So I started playing with the application and putting in prompts and it would spit out the data. Now, now if you haven't used this app, I could tell you that um, for me, this is like, you know, years ago when Google was first introduced to the world, it's like no one was really using Google. Some of the fringe chefs were using Google, but like not everyone had a computer that back then, not everyone had smartphones. So Google was something that you needed to sit down and you needed to type and the information wasn't that good yet on Google. You still had to spend hours going through page after page before you'd find exactly what you were looking for. Fast forward to today, you know, Google's a beast, right? Everyone, everyone just uses Google to get whatever it is that they need. And when Google first came out, if you understood how to use it properly, you had an advantage as a chef that a lot of other people didn't have. And that was the advantage of doing research and finding things out much quicker than having to comb through all the cookbooks because obviously, you know, you have to go to the index and then you have to find the specific recipe and then you had to, maybe that wasn't the recipe you were looking for and you had to have a library on the wall. Well, Google just saved your research time by hours, right? Chat AI to me is doing the exact same thing. The amount of time that you spent on Google finding something is like the equivalent of looking for something in the library compared to using the AI. It's, it's a really, really interesting thing now. I will say this because a lot of people started uh, DMing me and having conversations saying, but it doesn't replace the chef's palate or the ability, you got to cook the recipe. It's like, yeah, I know that. And I have never said that it would. And that's not what I'm saying. My point is that this is a tool so you don't spend as much time in front of the computer. And this allows you to spend more time doing the food in the kitchen, cooking the recipe. That's what this did is this kind of shortened the amount of time that you needed to do the research to get the recipe before you go test it. And that, that was kind of the point of this whole thing. What I did with the, with the recipes is I had to figure out how to give it the right command. So I'll tell you what I did and it, and it took some trial and error for me to get there, but I would start out with, give me a recipe for blank, whatever the recipe is. Let's just say it's Alfredo sauce. Give me a recipe for Alfredo sauce. It must yield, and I would put the yield, so let's say I was looking for one liter, it must yield one liter, and it must be written using only weight measurements in grams or kilograms. Now, I'm a gram and kilogram type person when it comes to recipes, so I wanted the recipes to be spit out that way. Initially, it was spitting them out with teaspoons and cups, and I don't like recipes like that, so I had to make sure that I put that in the prompt. Then I would put something along the lines of... Make sure the recipe includes, like I said, we're saying it's Alfredo. Make sure the recipe includes um, cream, Parmesan, and butter, for example. Let's say I said those three things. I typed that in. And make sure that there's a fun fact and chef's tip at the end. And 
so I included like a little chef's tip or a fun fact about the recipe in, in every single one of these recipes. So AI then you hit enter and boom, within, you know, let's call it 10 seconds, populates a recipe. It populates the fun fact. It populates the procedure. Oh, I also forgot to mention that I would say list the ingredients in the order in which they are they're uh, listed in the procedure. So that way um, it makes sense for the, for the cook that's reading it. So anyway, it populates the recipe, it populates the, the procedure, it populates the fun fact, and then I, I copied and pasted it into a template that I was using um, to create the, the recipe ebook. Anyway, so after a couple of minutes with this, it would start to populate recipes. Now, the, the challenging thing with the AI is that I had to teach it like, oh, it would give me, let's say a recipe calls for mirepoix, and it would say, you know, f uh, five grams of carrots, five grams of celery, and or not five, let's say 500 grams of carrots, 500 grams of celery, uh, 500 grams of onions. And I don't like that ra ratio of one to one to one to one. I like the 50% onion, 25, 25. So then I would tell Chad AI, I'm sorry, open AI, make sure any recipe that includes carrots, celery, and onion, the ratio is 50% uh, onion, 25% carrot, 25% celery, and use that for all recipes moving, moving forward. So then it would remember that that's how I like my recipes and it would keep that. Another thing that I did was it would write uh, grams, the word grams out. And I think I corrected in most of them, one might've got through, but I don't like the word grams written in the recipe. So I would then tell uh, the AI, make sure when you're writing a recipe for me, use the, the letter G versus writing the word grams. And then it corrected that moving forward. So as time went on, the AI started to understand how I liked the recipes written and it would just spit them out how I liked them. Now, it took me a minute to kind of figure all this out. And so that's why I'm sharing this with you because so, you know, if, if you decide that this is a good tool, that's something that maybe you want to use in your kitchen, um, you could learn from some of the mistakes that I made. But it was definitely a mind-blowing experience. And whenever I got stuck on something, I would ask it a question like, hmm, what does this mean in this particular recipe? Or I don't like this fun fact. Please give me another one. Revise the recipe to include this. Um, and, it, and it was really fascinating. Now, the challenge with the AI is that basically from what I understand, it's pulling information from across the web that exists. So if there's poorly written recipes out there and you're putting in, you know, make this recipe using these ingredients only, it's going to search for recipes that are close to that. And it might spit out a recipe that the measurements for those ingredients are kind of all over the place. So I spent a lot of time having to correct the uh, the unit of measure on each recipe, and they're close. And I, I don't want to sit here and say that they're they're accurate because you know, I did this in just a couple of days to to write this. Um, and I was scaling recipes, you know, for my recipe books that might be I might be making you know 30 gallons of something. So it was, it was difficult to scale it down exactly. Um, to get it to where I, I needed it for, you know, about a, a one liter to a one kilo type recipe. So this, the units of measure, I would say, are probably not accurate. They're probably about 60%. I would, I would say that's a, a fair estimation. They're probably about 60% accurate. So if you download the PDF, which by the way, um, I put the PDF for download on, on my Gumroad. So you could go there and it's, uh, it's $0, but you got to type in zero. Um, if you want to put money in, hey, I'll, I'll take a dollar or whatever, right? It was a lot of work for me to do it. So if you want to tip the creator, feel free to do it. But it's, it's free. Um, it's something that I wanted to do to give back to everyone. So it gives me an opportunity to share uh, my recipes again, minus the quantities. Warning, quantities aren't accurate. But nonetheless, after a minute, 
you know, within four days, I have a recipe ebook that is a hundred pages long and that's, that's pretty fast, right? So where's the power in this? The power in this for chefs is that if you're changing over a menu or maybe you have to do some R&D or maybe you need to open a restaurant and you have 300 recipes to write, this gives you a starting point to say, okay, give me all these recipes and spit them out and then you could take them and you can look at them and say, okay, I like this, I, I don't like that. And you kind of tweak it to the point where you want it. And then you could go in the kitchen and measure them and weigh them how you like them and then you could go back in and correct it, which you're going to have to do anyway. But at least this gives you a starting point that will probably save you, you know, dozens of hours of time trying to do research and figure all this out. It was an amazing tool. Now, a couple of thoughts came to mind for me when I was doing this. And the first thought is, is we're just scratching the surface. So this is like the beta version of OpenAI's chat GPT that we're using. But apparently there's uh, like version four that's about to come out. And it's supposed to blow the current version away. And what's exciting about that is as a chef, how much time do you spend saying, okay, let's say, let's say you're doing a, a catering, right? So catering was probably the best example I could think of. Let's say you're doing a catering and you got to write um, a menu and then you got to write recipes for that menu and then you got to create an order guide for that. So could you tell the AI to say, um, give me a menu including these items, it spits it out. And then you say, also give me the prep list and recipes for those items and also give me the order guide. And it spits it out in you know a minute and it, maybe it takes you 30 minutes to edit it and make sure it's all correct versus spending five hours having to write the recipes, write the order guide, write the prep lists, et cetera, right? As the AI gets better, it's gonna save chefs so much time in the office, spending time in front of the computer, having to calculate these things, um, and figure it out. It's it's an interesting thing because it puts chefs back in the kitchen. And you know, I was joking around, but I'm kind of not joking around at the same time because this is what I see in the future, right? I did a podcast about going from cook to sous chef. And I said, a lot of cooks spend too much time trying to learn the admin. And they think that be, being a sous chef is all about learning the admin work. And I said, you need to focus on cooking. Because if you learn how to cook, that's going to carry you through the rest of your career. Every legacy that a chef has made was never really on, you know, admin work. It's either on the food, on what you did for the community, or the, the people that you've worked with, right? But it's never like, oh, you know, they're very famous because they, they ran a great food cost and were in every single meeting and wrote a really good schedule and we all got our great, our, our days off and they were the best chef ever. Like no one ever says that. No one ever, no one ever says that they should be on the Mount Rushmore of chefs because they always gave my days off that I requested and they knew how to balance the schedule. Like no, no one ever says that. So, um, I would tell chefs that are looking to go from cook to sous chef or up, like the admin piece is not that important. Now what's interesting about open AI is it might make it even less important. So, all the more reason to not focus so much on the admin side and focus more on the culinary side. What even makes it more interesting is there, look, I'm not trying to call anyone out or pick on any chefs out there, uh, or maybe I am. Maybe I am calling out chefs and, and picking on chefs. But what, what I'm thinking about is like, there's a lot of chefs out there that spend uh, a lot of time in the office and have really phased out of the kitchen and have forgotten how to cook. 
And this is going to be like, in a couple of years, your GMs, your owners, they're going to be like, hey, you're spending too much time in the office, just use AI. And they're going to be like, uh, oh shit, I forgot how to cook. And you're going to have to cook. So to me, this is like, if I was a chef right now, and I'm no longer a chef for people that don't know, right? I retired at the beginning of the year. But if I was a chef right now, I'd be thinking to myself, my office time, if, if you're spending five hours in the office right now, it's about to go down to about one when, when open AI really is ubiquitous across, across the world. Like I said, it's coming. This is, it's, it's a mind blowing tech. And if you have the opportunity to experiment with it, um, I think you should, because I think it's going to be a very normal thing. So anyway, rant over. Um, if you want to get that, uh, 100 recipe kitchen basics recipes, um, there's a link in my bio anywhere that, uh, anywhere that I'm on social media. If you want to support the show, Follow Chef's PSA on all social platforms. Um, that includes Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, etc. Leave five stars on this show. Leave five stars uh, wherever you're listening. So if it's Spotify or Apple, if you like the podcast, leave five stars. If you don't like the podcast, leave five stars. If you're thinking of leaving anything less than five stars, leave it on someone else's podcast. I don't, uh, I don't want less than five stars. So uh, if it's zero, put it on someone else's podcast. Just don't listen. Go listen somewhere else. Anyway, thank you all. Uh, go to chefspsa.com and you can see everything that we're doing. Go get the audio book. Thank you very much and see you next week. Hit the porno music.